Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at two verses today, verses 18 and 19. Everywhere in our culture, you see anxiety and discouragement. I was reading an article out of a magazine called Mental Health America, and it gave some startling statistics. 21% of all adults in America, one out of five, suffer from some sort of mental illness. That's the equivalent of 50 million Americans. 15% of American adults have a substance use disorder, and they've had it in the past year. 10% of our young people in America experience severe depression. 6% have reported a substance use disorder in the past year. Everywhere you look, people are filled with fear. Many of them have become addicted to drugs. Many see a broken world and they don't see any hope. They don't see any political hope. They don't see any financial hope. They don't feel any emotional hope. Our economy is unstable and it incites anxiety and discouragement. Inflation is skyrocketing. Markets are declining. Money has less spending power than ever before. You say, Brother Steve, this sermon is not starting off very well. <laughs> well, there's more. There's also instability in many of our churches and denominations. You may not know it, but the United Methodists were founded by theological conservatives. I'm talking about John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, Francis Asbury. Has anybody heard the name Asbury recently? All right. The college is having revival. Thomas Koch. All of them godly, soul-winning Bible preachers. Today, the United Methodists are dividing it's over biblical, choosing biblical liberalism or conservatism. A few conservative Methodist churches are voting to stand with the Bible regarding marriage as being between one man and one woman and citing out the sinfulness of the LGBTQ community and the movement there. Our nation is divided philosophically. We're divided politically. We're divided racially. We're divided generationally. Everywhere you look, people are without hope. Now that's the bad news. But let me give you the good news. God gives us hope in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's give him glory. Amen. The prophet Isaiah had as much to say about Jesus as anyone in the Bible. He didn't know exactly who 
the Messiah would be, but he prophesied about the Messiah continuously. And he told the people of Judah, he said, you need to understand that you're living in prideful sin. You are turning to idols. You are committing sexual immorality. And you need to repent and return to the Lord. The nation of Israel at that time was a lot like America. They had this veneer that looked okay, but underneath was a cancer of sin. And he was saying to them, if you continue to sin, God will punish you. God will discipline you. And I want to say this, United States of America, if we continue to sin, we are not above the discipline of Almighty God. But God wants us to repent. And when you repent, good things happen. And when you repent, there's hope for your future. I concur with Isaiah, and I want to say to you today, I believe there's hope for your future. But it is only in living life closely with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Help us, Lord God, not just to have a little hope, but to hope for our future in Christ and through Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, and if you agree, say amen. amen. Two verses. Someone was surprised that I preached a whole sermon last week on one verse, so I decided to double that this week. <laughs> now, the Bible is not only beautiful in all of its grandeur, but one verse can be so deep that the greatest mind cannot fathom all of the truth just in one verse or two verses. Listen to these two verses. I hope that they will become not only familiar to you, but I hope that they will become precious to you. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. How many of you want God to do something new? Amen. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why is there hope for our future? First of all, there is hope for our future. So we don't need to concentrate on our former life. That is life B.C., before Christ. Don't always think about what it was like. Isaiah says it this way. Don't call to mind the former things. And don't live in the past. Don't ponder, mull over, ruminate things of the past. The people of Israel had a bittersweet history. God had called them out of paganism when he called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham begat a 
son, Isaac, who begat another son, Jacob. His name was changed to Israel. He had all the tribes of Israel. His sons were the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And for 400 years, they were in bondage in Egypt. But after those four centuries, God led them by Moses out of Egyptian bondage. And yet in the wilderness, they refused to obey God. And so God let them wander around primarily a mountain for 40 years. You're talking about walking in circles. That's where the phrase came from. For 40 years until that generation that did not believe God died off. And they were worried about their children, that their children were going to be hurt if they went in the promised land. So God let all of them die just so that their children could enter the promised land. Once they entered the promised land, they sinned again. They started mingling with and intermarrying with the pagan Canaanites as God had told them not to do. He said, you can convert them, but you cannot marry them. And they led the hearts of God's people astray. They committed idolatry. They were unfaithful to God. And before long, they were unfaithful to their spouses. They committed adultery. They worshiped pagan gods. So Isaiah comes to them and says, listen, it's time to repent. And if you will, God will forget your past sins. Don't call to mind the former things. Don't ponder the things of the past. Don't continue to sin. Repent. Stop living in regret. If you'll repent, God will forgive you. He's a gracious God. You won't need to concentrate on your former life of sin. Don't concentrate on your former life. There are many people in the Bible that have beautiful names. One is Joshua. And the Jewish people loved that name. Several people had that name. Of course, we know of the Joshua that followed Moses. But I, I want to talk about another Joshua you may not know about. He's written about in the book of Zechariah. You say, where in the world is that? It's in your Bible. You better read it because when you get to heaven, what if a little Jewish guy walks up to you and said, how'd you like my book? What's your name? Zechariah. So I warned you, all right? And in the book of Zechariah, there's an Old Testament priest named Joshua. And the Bible says that he had sinned. And Satan was pointing at him and his sin and accusing him before God. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And Joshua had his head down. He knew that he had done wrong. Bible says in Zechariah 3 verses 1 and following, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. But the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Let's all say that together. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this man not a brand plucked from the fire. Do you know what that means? He's a burning stick 
that God pulled out of the fire. You know what you are if you're saved? You're a burning stick that God pulled out of the fire of hell. Don't get so proud. You're just a stick that was on fire. Had it not been for the grace of God to reach in the fire and pull you out through his son, Jesus Christ, you would have been totally consumed. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Standing before the angel, he spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, remove the filthy garments from him. How many of you are glad that when you got saved, God removed the filthy garments from you? Amen. Again, he said to him, see, I've taken away your iniquity from you and will clothe you with festal robes. Then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also have charge of my courts and I will grant you free access among those who are standing here. Joshua, you've messed up. But because you've repented, I have cleansed you. Now, if you'll do right, I'll use you. If you don't, I can find somebody else. It's your choice. It's your choice. I got news for you. God doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. We need him. We need the Lord. God had forgiven Joshua. There was zero ground for the devil to accuse him. Don't concentrate on your former life. If you have repented and you have turned away from your sin, don't look back. You want to get hurt on a football field? Look back. You got to concentrate on what's right in front of you when you play sports. I saw three grandchildren play three basketball games yesterday. At least I think that's what they were playing. <laughs> and they were really concentrated. You got to focus on what's before you. You got to concentrate, but not on your former life. You got to look ahead. We'll get to that in a moment. You and I are burning sticks that God has snatched from the fire. Let's don't go back to the fire. God has washed us in the blood of Jesus. He has reconciled us through the cross. He has forgiven our sins. Let's don't be like a dog who returns to its vomit, the Bible says. Let's don't repeat the sins of the past. Let's move on. Let's take some new ground. Let's go forward. And let's remember, we don't have to look back. We don't have to concentrate on the past. The devil will remind you of your past. And when he does, just remind him of his future. He's on his way to hell and we're not. Amen. Amen. That's why he's so mad. Don't get depressed. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Don't listen to the accusations of the enemy. Don't be afraid of him. Don't be discouraged by him. Don't live in regret because of him. If you've confessed and forsaken your sins, you are forgiven. Listen to these words, Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. That is, if you keep it all inside, 
You won't prosper, but if you confess and forsake them, you'll find compassion. Psalm 32, verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, O Lord, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. 1 John 1, 9, read it with me off the screen. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you repent, God forgives and he forgets. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 38, 17, low for my own welfare. I had great bitterness. It is you who has kept my soul from the pit of nothingness. Were it not for Jesus, we would spend our lives and eternity in the pit of nothingness. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. Isaiah 43, 25, I, God says, I, even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. One more, Micah 7, 19, he will again have compassion on us. God will. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Yes, O Lord, you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. You can learn from your sins but don't you dare live in your sins. Don't call to mind the former things. Don't ponder things of the past. Let it go. There's hope for your future. Don't concentrate on your former life. Secondly, there's hope for your future because you can trust Christ with your future life. Some of y'all are worried about what's going to happen in the future. I got news for you. Stop worrying and start praying. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Worrying doesn't do any good. It cuts off your faith. And without faith, you can't please God. Notice what he says in verse 19. Four times he said, I will do something. Four times. Watch it. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not <coughs> be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. God's people were going through tough times in Isaiah's day. Their past had been bad. Their future seemed bleak. The northern kingdom of Israel Ten different tribes had fallen to the Assyrians. The Babylonians, who were even more deadly, were on their way. The Jews were engulfed in idolatry and immorality. They had turned their backs on God. Their religion was simply some ritual. And for some of you, it might be just a ritual. You come and you sit in this room where you've been multiple times, you sing the songs, you endure the sermon, you don't enjoy it, you endure it. Not because it's bad, <laughs> but because you don't care. You came in here, some of you did, just out of habit. Right now, some of you are not a bit more paying attention than the man in the moon. You're not. You're thinking about something else. 
checking things, maybe even on your phone right now. That's called turning your back on God. That's called ignoring God. Outward ritual, no relationship. Drawing near to God with your lips, but your heart is miles away from Him. Talk a big talk, but your walk is a different story. Yet in the midst of all that hypocrisy, God said, I love you. Repent. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness four times. I will do something new. It will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will make a roadway. I will make a river. I will. I will. I will. I will. The Lord said, trust me with your future. Have you ever, has God ever pinned you down where you had to put your trust in him? I was 42 years old. I sneezed. My eyes crossed. And my life has never been the same. I was getting weak. Didn't know what was going on. Found out I had myasthenia gravis. Had a tumor in my chest. They opened up my chest the night before. I've never told you this, I don't think. The night before, I told my, my, my daughter, Lindsay, my oldest daughter, she said, Daddy, what, what are they going to do? I said, they're going to sever my sternum. Will it leave a scar? Yes, it'll be right here. She said, well, look at it this way. You'll always be number one. <laughs> That's all she got out of it, I guess. I don't know. But I can remember as a 42-year-old man, I couldn't even dress myself. I had lifted weights all my life. I've got four kids, God. They're not out of school. Who's going to send them to college if I can't work? I wept. I got alone and I wept. I wept in my wife's arms many times. I thought it was over. But it's not over. I started to say what I would say in Dyersburg. It ain't over till it's over. Amen. It, it's not over until God says it's over. And 23 years later, I'm still preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I don't say that it wasn't because of me. I couldn't do anything. I, could, I couldn't even lift my arm. I couldn't do anything. God pulled me out of the miry clay. I'm not, I'm not a salesman. I'm a satisfied customer when it comes to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're single. You say, I just want a family. Trust Christ with your future life. Maybe you're a parent, and you said, I don't want my children being devoured by this sinful culture. Trust Christ with your future life. Maybe you're in the business, and you said, I don't know what the economy is going to do. Join the club. Nobody does. 
But trust Christ with your future life. Maybe you're worried about your health. Trust Christ with your future life. Maybe you're worried that our nation is going to implode. Or through invading armies, we're going to explode. Whatever it is, either imploding or exploding, you're worried about it. Look at me. You can't, there's some things you can't do anything about just, but what you can do is trust Christ with your future life. Give your future to God. Trust him. Don and I were watching some old clips from Bill Gaither. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because he lives. I know he holds the future. My life is worth the living just because Jesus lives. God will do something new for you. He's going to spring forth. He will make a roadway. He will make a river in the desert. God knows the future as well as the past. Trust Christ with your future life. There's hope for your future. Well, there is hope for your future in Jesus. Don't concentrate on your former life. Don't trust, don't do that. Trust Christ with your future life. And finally, Isaiah says, live cheerfully with a full life. Now, there's not a person in this room knows how long they're going to live. Some of you say, well, I'm going to live a long time. My family, look, it doesn't matter what your family did. That doesn't mean anything for you. You say, what do you mean? Just what I said. You don't know how long you're going to live. You have no idea. But I want to say this to you. However long it is, would you do something while you're living? Would you really live? Instead of just breathe and take up space? Would you live? Would you engage? Would you get in on life and live for the glory of God? Lost people need to hear the gospel. Saved people need to be encouraged. There's people all around you that you could minister to if you would get your mind off of yourself and get your mind on somebody else. There's a life to be lived, and it's not just breathing and eating. That's not living. Living is pouring out your heart unto the Lord in worship and service to other people. Behold, God said, I want you to live cheerfully with a full life. Behold, I'm going to do something new. How many of you would like to see God do something new in your life? Anybody out there? Now we'll spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? When God moves, you'll be aware of it. I can make a roadway in the wilderness. I can make a river in a desert. That's a miracle right there. And you know what? God can handle it. Isaiah told God's people to enjoy hope for their future. They needed to live cheerfully with a full life. Every day, living cheerfully. I think a lot of people got Jesus all wrong. I think Jesus had wrinkles in the right place because he smiled a lot. You better, you better 
Make sure that you smile a lot. If you frown all the time, you're going to have wrinkles whether you like it or not. I want mine to be in the right place. Amen? I don't want to frown all the time. I've got a sagging face from my myasthenia, but I make it obey me all the time. I smile a lot. I'm not just talking about being cute and telling jokes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being grateful to God. Jesus lived cheerfully. Did you know that? Bible says in Luke 10, he had sent his disciples out on a mission. The 70 returned with joy. Oh, what were they all happy about? People had gotten saved. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. We've been telling people about you. People have been getting saved. Demons are running. <coughs> Man, we'd show up. Demons start shooting out. Jesus, Holy Spirit would start coming in. And he said to them, I was watching Satan. I was watching it. You saw it in the physical. I saw it in the spiritual. I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Those are demons. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall injure you. Nevertheless, don't you rejoice in this, that the spirits, the demons are subject to you but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. At that very time, he rejoiced. Jesus said, you need to rejoice. And while he was telling them to rejoice, he started rejoicing. And you can't rejoice until you've joiced. You can't get happy again until you got happy the first time. And some of y'all hadn't been happy in so long. It's time to rejoice. It's time to say, God, thank you for saving my lost soul. Thank you for giving me purpose. Thank you for giving me food to eat and clothes to wear and a roof over my head. And thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That time Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Ghost and said, I praise you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent. Well, we don't do that around here. Well, what do you do around here? We don't get loud and happy. What do you get around? Quiet and sad? I'd rather be loud and happy. I praise you, oh, Father, that O in there. Get the O back in your prayer. Oh, Father, I praise you, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. If you don't like joy, don't go to heaven. They are shouting in heaven. You think I'm loud? They are shouting in heaven. The glory of God praises to him. Luke 15 said, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. This service could go on and the angels could yawn. Well, there they are again. There they are again, listening to a sermon. There they are again, taking notes. Yeah taking notes and also writing on their to-do list on the other side. Yeah, there they are. But you let one little old boy come down this aisle 
You let one broken man come down this aisle. You let one woman who's burdened about her sin come down this aisle and repent of her sin, repent of his sin, and believe in Jesus and receive Christ, and all of heaven will go nuts. If you don't like that, don't go to heaven. There's only other one alternative. Eternity is loud. It's loud in heaven and it's loud in hell. And I don't say that except with a broken heart. People are crying out in hell, wishing they'd embraced Jesus Christ. The people are shouting in heaven, just like Jesus. So live cheerfully with a full life so you'll know how to act when you get to heaven. Parents, live a cheerful life before your children. Children, live a cheerful life. Husband, quit telling your wife everything that's wrong with work. Just be thankful you've got a job. And bring a little cheer home before she goes nuts. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, verses 9 and 10, enjoy life. If they just stopped it right there, it'd be good enough. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given you under the sun, for this is your reward in life and in your toll in which you have labored under your son. Husbands, love your wives. Help them around the house. Quit complaining. Quit griping about what she fixes. What if you had to eat your own food? Yeah, go there. Right. Beanie weenies the rest of your life. Good night. <laughs> Wife, encourage your husband. Lost person, be saved today. Give your heart to Christ. Christian, grow in grace today. Be more like Jesus. Read your Bible today. Spend time in prayer today. Tell people about Jesus today. Witness today. Fellowship with Christians today. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth today. Tithe to the church and to the Lord today. Don't lose your wife, your, your life. Don't waste your time. Don't waste today. One day at a time. Sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. Tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. If you're going to live, live. Live cheerfully with a full life for the glory of God. We've all heard Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We all know, most of us do, Matthew 6, But do you know the very next verse? Do you know the last verse in Matthew 6? Matthew 6, So don't worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's echoing the same thing that Isaiah said. Don't concentrate on your former life. Trust Christ with your future life and live cheerfully with a full life today. Don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I'm going to do something new. If you'll just follow me, I'm going to do something new in your life, something fresh in your life. doesn't matter if you're 85 or 5. I'm going to do something fresh in your life. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I can make roadways in the wilderness. I can make a river in the desert. God is saying to you today, I am still God. Trust me. And I will give you blessed hope for your future. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's give God praise right now and glory. Amen.